Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. It is, well, I just kind of had a few minutes with them. Um, and, and, you know, they are, they, they, they are, which, is, which is quite good, you know, they are asking you know, a lot of questions, which is, which is which is which is important, and a couple of things which I've said. They're talking also about the gospel today, and um, so. But we, I just felt that you know we could bring the whole church into you know those watching you know members online and things like that. Now, as we look at the confidence in the gospel, see one of the girls asked me. There, how are we sure that Christianity is true? And that is a wonderful question. That is an important question. Because if you don't have confidence in the gospel, you cannot share it. There is and, but as we begin to look at the gospel, I, what I would just do in this time is to try to, 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 to strip out what is not the gospel versus what is the gospel. I was, you know, last week when we spoke and I asked the kids and they are very much well ahead of time now. I asked them, What is the gospel? The one of them said, The gospel is music. And I do not believe that is what we've called the gospel. And I said, The gospel is not the music. You express the gospel via music. I'm taking it from where we started. We started with them you know, last week. Is that the Bible is written in? There are different sections of the Bible. You have a Bible started with the five books of Moses. Then it goes into the prophets and the judges and the prophets. Now, you know. Then when you come into the New Testament, it opens up with the Gospels. That's why they call them the four Gospels. The reason why they are called the four Gospels is because they talk in details. They reveal both the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. So if anything is not, in, is not within that parameters, that person may be singing. It is not a gospel song. I don't know if that makes sense. That is why you read the way your Bible says the gospel according to John. The gospel according because those that is the crux of the gospel. And that was where we started peeling off what exactly is the gospel and what exactly is not. It doesn't mean that those things are not good. 
but it is good that we label it what it is. It could be a Christian song, but it's not a gospel song. A gospel singer has to have a target of the gospel. Now, as we go forward, as we begin to see about the confidence in the gospel, you will begin to see that the Bible, Jesus himself, began to lay emphasis. And you would say it, I don't, uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Now, this is me putting this in, in red. It's not, um, you know, but this is the word of Jesus. It says, and this gospel of the, of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world. Why would the Bible say this gospel? Because he knows that there will be different versions of what people call the gospel. So he said, this one. So if I bring somebody here and I said, this boy. So that means what I'm saying is that this particular one. And you begin to see it even further as you read the Bible. The Bible will either use, will not just say gospel. The Bible says the gospel. So when I say, go and bring the boy. That means there is a specific one. I am pointing at. So Mark chapter 16, verse 15, you would see again, he says that, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He could have said, preach gospel. No, he said, or preach a gospel. So if he said, preach a gospel, that means that you can preach any version of that gospel. It is, so, but the Bible is saying, no, no, there is what is called the gospel. There's what is called the gospel. And that is what we are trying to, we are trying to unpack. And we are trying to see. And you see from Romans, Paul began to speak. And Paul said, Paul, Romans chapter 1 from verse 1 to 2. Bible says that Paul, the servant of Christ, called an apostle, set apart for, again, the gospel of God. The gospel which he for hand through the prophets in which which beforehand through his prophets in the holy scripture. So basically, the Bible is saying, Paul is saying, everything that you are reading from the beginning of scriptures, they are referring to one thing. That is the gospel. And I will try to lay emphasis on that a little bit more. A little bit just just in a moment. Now, see, it is important that we understand the, how the Bible, how God views the gospel. If I asked a Christian now, or any one of us, you know, even myself at that time, if I asked that, who is the greatest prophet in the Bible? We would name, we would, we would want to gauge them by the miracles they did. But when Jesus was going to speak in Matthew chapter 11, verse 11, Jesus was talking about John the Baptist. He said, truly I tell you, among those born of women, there is not one reason, there, there, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, who, who, yet whoever is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So basically, we can talk about that other bit, the kingdom of heaven. But before then, he said, 
the greatest of everyone that ever came is John the Baptist. Now you would think that when God was, when Jesus was saying, ah, that prophet is a great prophet, you would want to atomize the miracles that he did and begin to measure how powerful one is because for God to say that prophet is great. Now, let's look at John chapter 10, verse, let's go from verse 40. It says, then Jesus went back across to Jordan to the place where John had been, had been baptized. In the early days, he stayed there. Many people came to him and said, though John never performed a miracle, What is the definition of a great prophet? He said, John never performed one miracle. Yet Jesus said, This man is the greatest of all. You can see that while I said the community. So why what qualified John to be the greatest prophet? Yet the Bible says he never performed one sign. Because he had the greatest responsibility to reveal who Jesus is. So that means by God's standard, the greatest prophet is the one that reveals who Christ is. Not the one that does miracles. This man ushered in the gospel. The other ones were talking about Jesus, but they never saw him. But this man had the privilege to point people and say, this is your savior. And Jesus said, he is the greatest of anyone that has ever lived. So that means, even Moses, Jesus said, this guy is greater. I am trying to peel away what the gospel is and what the gospel is not. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we as we begin to, you know, as we begin to, and this is the struggle at times, is that is that you know we the dimension and you will begin to as we as we try to lay emphasis on this and see, you know, and John, if you go to John chapter 1, verse 35, 36, he revealed who Jesus is. He revealed who Jesus is. So, Paul was saying that all the prophets, their him was to reveal who Jesus is. I'm sorry, I have to go a little bit down. You know, just what I wanted to um, talk about is John chapter, John chapter 20. I'm sorry, I'm just, um, John chapter 20. It's very further down. John chapter 20. Um, now, 
I'm, I'm coming to this point because just because we, we, we touched a bit there. People, somebody had asked me a question once. Somebody said, um, why is it that the Bible does not include everything in the world? Or the Bible does not talk about this. The Bible does not talk about that. The issue is that people do not know why the Bible is written. The Bible was not... <laughs> the, that's what Paul was trying to say, where Paul said, all the prophets, all they were saying was about Jesus coming. Moses, all that Moses was saying was a pointing towards Jesus. But Moses said, a prophet will arise like me. That's what Moses said. So, the Bible was written, everything you read from Old Testament was written pointing you at one reason. Every other thing you pick out of it is just additional. That is why the Bible says that, Bible says that it says Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of disciples which were not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is Messiah and the Son of God. So, you know, when people say that, you know, ah, the Bible does not talk about um, astronauts, uh, this, 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 this. There are different planets today. It is because you think that the Bible is written to, to discuss all sorts of things. That's why when you see genealogy in the Bible, that's this came back to this, came back to this, the last genealogy you will see in the Bible ends with Jesus. Is it that they did not give back to anybody after Jesus? But the essence of the Bible is to point you down to who Jesus is. So, but when you now begin to pick Bible and try to extrapolate, do this, you will find yourself in another land. So I said to that person, I, got, I was privileged to be able to answer that person, but I said to that person, I said, one thing you need to first understand, the Bible was written for a different reason. You, it's not, it's not, the Bible was not written for good living. Although you can pick good living out of it. It was written so that you may know about Jesus. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, as we move on, let's go back to that Romans chapter 1. Uh, Romans chapter 1. Now we, let's just read from verse 17. Oh, sorry, sorry, from verse 11. From verse 11. The Bible says, Paul said, I long to see you that I may impact to you spiritual gifts to make you strong. That is, you and you and I may be mutually encouraging one another's faith. May be encouraging, may be encouraged by each others' faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you. Yes, sir. But, but I've been presented from doing so until now, in order that you might, that I might have an harvest among you, just as I have done among other Gentiles. He said, I am obligated to both the Greek and the non-Greek both to the wise and the foolish, 
That is why I am eager to preach the gospel to you in Rome also. So basically what he's saying is this. See, when what you are saying can only affect the rich or not the poor. When both rich and poor cannot sit in the same place, old and young cannot sit in the same place, and receive Christ, it is because it is not the gospel. It may be extract of the gospel, but it is not the gospel. When you preach gospel, in court, you will see both billionaire and the penny man. You see, both the Bible says, both be foolish. <laughs> And the one that think they are wise, when they are sitting under the ministration of the gospel, they see it. So could it be that the reason why we are identifying variances within ourselves is because the gospel is not what is good? Does this make sense? So Paul said, see. I am preaching to both the rich and the small. Even the people that you call wise and the people that I to agree, they are foolish. But when I'm preaching, you know, every one of them. So then, what I'm still trying to point out to you is that the content of the gospel does not exclude any section. Does not exclude any section. He now said, when in verse, if we go to verse 16, he says, he says, for that is the reason I am not ashamed to, because it is the power of it is it is it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel is the righteousness of God revealed. Now let me just read that scripture to you from the good news. Let's go, please, the good news. He said, he said, so I am eager to preach the, the good news to you who also live in Rome. For I, I have complete confidence. So this gospel, I, am, I have this confidence that this gospel, it is the power of God to save all that believes. First to the Jews and, to, and, and, and the Gentiles. And I said, for this gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. So that means anybody, no matter who you are, you are not right. It is the gospel that brings you right to God. He said, it is true faith. He said, it is true faith from the beginning to the end. As the scripture says, the person who puts right, who is put right with God, True faith shall live. So he's saying that this gospel is what shows you how, how low you far away from God you are. How much you cannot be right with God except the gospel is preached to you. Except the gospel is preached to you. You know, I love this transition. Again, let's go to the, uh, just the verse 17. Just um, he says that the Bible says, it says, for the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. And that's what we read earlier. God puts people right with himself. 
it reveals. So that means that there is something in the gospel that shows you how you are, you are made right with God. You are made right with God. Now, see, the gospel is not a deep encounter or revelation with Christ. After you go and see heaven, you have to come down to come and hear gospel. After Paul had an encounter with Christ, his eyes went blind. And God said, go and meet Aeneas, who will teach you the gospel. After that, let's read. The Bible says, this is Paul talking. After 14 years, so that means that he was talking about his revelation encounter. So after the encounter that he had, Paul spent 14 years with Anas and um, uh, Barabbas. They were teaching him, you see that in the book of Acts. He said, after 14 years, at this time with Barabbas, I took Titus along with me. He, I went in response to a revelation. So that means God showed him a revelation. God said, Okay, this gospel that you are talking about, that you are preaching, you need to get it checked. They have to do sound check for that gospel. He said, I went in response of the revelation and meeting privately with those who are esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I have been preaching among Gentiles. So Paul was saying that, see, because that gospel, the gospel that they preach in those days, or the gospel that the Bible, it has to be checked. There are certain things in the content of your gospel. If it is not there, it is not gospel. So after 14 years of preaching, after 14 years of revelation, he went to the apostle and said, excuse me, sir, this is the gospel that I am preaching. Help me check if it is actually the gospel. People will say, ah, I know God spoke to me personally. I'll be like, it's not the gospel. This is not the gospel. So you see that, he said, I wanted to be sure I was not running and I'd, I'd been running my race in vain. So basically he's saying, I have been preaching for 14 years. But I need to go and check whether this gospel I'm preaching makes sense or else all my preaching encounter has just been a waste of time. At times the challenge is that there is no system of checking what gospel is preaching. So at times somebody may have run for 30 years before you discover that it is empty. See, for you to understand that, that's why I started off from 
the greatest prophet who in the Bible, and the Bible said he never performed one miracle. So the gospel is not miracle. Let's read it. Let's go to the next. Let's just, let me just change it in a, in a different translation. He said, I went because God revealed to me that I should go. Kind of things bother me because at times you would think that when God is speaking to him, why would God say, No, go and meet them? Why did God sit him down and say, uh, Paul, you know, I'm going to correct you now? No, God said, No, 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 no. The gospel has to be, you have to put yourself on that check for that thing to be checked. He said, He said, I go while I was and while I was there, I met privately with those who were considered to be elders of the church shared with them the message that's the gospel that I preached to the Gentiles. Yes, Lord. He said, I wanted to make sure that we are in agreement. So basically they are not saying, Paul, preach your gospel to what let us hear. And you go and say, ah, can you imagine a, a generation that you preach a, you preach a gospel and somebody will say, sir, drop the mic. That is what that is what they did there. Paul will call people out. Paul said, "No, no, no. That, that is not the gospel. What are you talking about? That is not the gospel." Ah, but I have pastor revelation from God. Sit down. Thank you. You know, that was that was um, um, a mentor of mine that was talking. That was a friend of them who came, who they invited to to, to their church, and was preaching, sharing certain things, revelation, deep revelation, deep revelation. So after service, they called him into the Chancellor and said, We are friends. But, sir, you have taught 30 things about deep revelation. Please let us go through the Bible and try to. Said, Ah, what, what, what do you mean by that? God said, No, 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 no. See, this is the problem. You don't understand scriptures. If you understand scriptures, you will sit down and will go through what you are talking about according to the gospel. And if it's not the gospel, then what you have been saying is rubbish. See, I'm showing you here that after this, after Paul had an encounter with Jesus, his eyes went blind. He began to teach. God began to teach him. After 14 years, God now said, okay, before you fall down in your ministry, go back. Let them check this gospel that you're carrying about. Because <laughs> God is so concerned that you don't carry the wrong content. So he said, I, he said, he said, he said, for, for the fear that all my efforts, so that means he has been laboring, trying, doing ministry. He said, all my effort had been wasted. And I am running my race for nothing. The gospel. And Paul took that so much in his heart that if wherever he went, he was talking to people, check what you believe. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 to 4, he said, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you the gospel I preached to you, which you received, and on which you have taken your stand. 
by this gospel you are saved. And if you firmly hold on to the words I preach to you, otherwise, again, you say the way, otherwise, whatever you think you believe is rubbish. So what he's saying is that the gospel is not only what saved you, it is the foundation of how you begin to live your life as a Christian. So if that foundation is wrong, people say, you know, you don't need to, I've heard about the gospel, it's not a problem, I'm okay, no, no, no. Paul said, no, you, if you hold on firmly to the word I put to you, otherwise, what you are believed in, doesn't make sense. Now, he now began to define the gospel. He said, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. So that means that he's saying that this is the most important thing you should never forget and build your life on as a Christian. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and he, and he rose on the third day. As simple as what you read here appears to you, there is no other belief on earth that believes in. This is what makes Christianity fundamentally different from any other person. That's why Paul said, this is the important thing about Christianity. This is why you are a Christian. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. What does that mean? That means there is no other way of redemption of sins than the death of Christ. You may not understand how key the disciples saw this issue to the point that when you come on Sunday and you read the creed, the reason why they call it the Apostles' Creed is that in case you don't read all the Bible, don't let this creed is you are declaring your statement of belief. And I went to the um, to the Church of England website, and uh, I went to the Church of England website, and and you have it here there that says that, he says, the talks the Apostles' Creed. He said, a, a summary of the Christian faith handed down for over generations. He said, from the earliest days of the church, the Christians developed a short and simple summary of faith, of a short statement, to, um, faith, uh, a summary of the faith. And the Bible says that Sorry, they said that statements became known as creed. This is the part that I kind of love most. I'm reading this bit, sorry if, if you may not see it. 
He says, people prepared for baptism. Okay, he said, one version became accepted as the Apostles' Creed because it was taught to include essential teachings of the 12 apostles. So, they wrote different versions for people saying, no, this is the one that is accepted. Why? Because it brings together your faith as a Christian. So, when you read the Apostles' Creed, just come on, please. When you read the Apostles' Creed and you say that, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ is only Son of our Lord. Why this is important? I was speaking to the kids there and no, I was so blown away by the questions they were asking. They were saying that they've been taught in school about Christ, that Jesus Christ is true, that is said, like but the, the argument is that is Jesus how do we know that Jesus is truly the Son of God? Why is it a point of argument? Because once that question is answered, every other thing loses this. That is why the debate, that is why the Bible, that's why the apostles decided to say, this is the crux of our faith. So they say that, and that's why you read it every Sunday. The Holy Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of Virgin Mary, huh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There are some in the fold now. I think I was reading in the Times about, about a quarter of priests out there now are debating if Virgin Mary was true or not. So if priests having that debate now. <laughs> I got that <laughs> And that is the crux of the faith. He said, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. As he said, right, 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 Father Almighty. From death, he will come to judge the living and the dead. Then you now go and say, I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Universal Church of God, the communion of saints, forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body and life everlasting. So basically, what you are standing to declare is that this is my faith. This is my expression. But the problem is that half of Christians don't even know why they read the creed or something. The apostles did it so that Christians will never forget the main content of their faith. The main content of their faith. So, you know, that is why if you, like he said, he said, the gospel is the power and the gospel is it sounds simple, but that is the basis of anything you want to do as a Christian. If you are going to break the relational cause, it is because Christ died on the cross and took your position. That is why you can claim a different life. So anything you want to say, no matter what it is that you are talking about in Christianity, 
That is the basis. So we begin to read on as we, you know. Some, somebody asked me a question again one day. Somebody said, why is it that God has given us a name for Jesus? What is the essence? Why, why did God say that? God did not say that, you know, when you just call on me. Why did God change it and say, in whatever you ask in the name of Jesus? What is the essence of it? Why did God not say, pray in the name of the Holy Spirit? Why did he have to tell you to pray in the name of Jesus? It is because God also does not want you to forget the content of the gospel. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Why was Jesus called Jesus? The Bible says that, Matthew 1, 21, the Bible says, She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he saved them from their sins. So that means he is the sacrifice for them. What does that mean? The gospel. So when the Bible says, when God is saying, whatever you have, ask in the name of Jesus. He's saying that the basis why I can answer your prayer is because of the gospel. That is why no matter which name you are given in the field, the, you know, the most important name that matters most is Jesus. Why? Because that you are declaring before God, my sins have been paid for. So he said, you shall call him Jesus because you know, I'm since don't get me wrong, I'm not against that. I've been to place, I've been with the other day when when they sold it, said that they should not him, it was an engineer, said that you call some names and things like that. People now forgot the name. So people were trying different kind of name. Before you call another angel, before this place gets, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because that is the greatest access you have before God. What am I trying to say to you is that the Bible, even God, is trying to point to you that this is this is the center of everything. But at times we look for other things. Which is not the gospel. That is why, you know, you, you would, as we just come, we just um, ran this because of my time is fast spent. First Corinthians chapter 1, 16 to 18. <laughs> so Paul was talking here. Paul said, yes, I baptize the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptize anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize. He's saying that I know that baptism is good, but my, my what I have been sent to do is not to baptize me. Am I do service and heal people? But that is not what I'm sent to do. Baptism, what is baptism? Baptism is a sign that somebody is buried 
You are buried in hell. How can you bury somebody that has not died? And the only way you can die is to meet, understand what the gospel is. And know that when Christ was nailed on the cross, you were nailed on the cross. But if somebody doesn't understand that, and you are now burying somebody that is alive, you know what will happen when you are putting someone in the casket and you are burying them and they are alive? What they do? They begin to hit up on the way. So at times, people now become more notorious after baptism. Because they never died. You just throw them inside a casket. <laughs> Now that you're baptized, you should not behave this way. He's trying to keep calm in the casket, but he can't because he's alive. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, he said, he said, he said, but Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of eloquence or of least the, 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 the cross be emptied of his power. Amen. The gospel. See, let me just because of our. Uh, let me just. Um, see, I'm just going to show you this picture. Yeah, is this? This was in the days of Nero, when Christians were eaten by lions. The issue why they were eaten by lions was just one thing. They were giving fed to lions. You can read it up. And things like that is that because they believe that Christ is the holy way, they were okay with them to be a Christian. But when you now say that Jesus is the only way, that is where the problem is. Because in the days of Nero, the Romans were serving different kinds of gods. So if you join your own God to it, it's not a problem. Now, to now stand and say Jesus is the holy way you are acquiring opposition. And that is where, that is where at times Christianity would always come under attack. Because the issue is that what you are saying is that once you say Jesus is the son of God, what you are saying is that this is the only sacrifice that God will take. That's what it means. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. As we just, I'm just going to just read two scriptures, then I'll read the last one. See, whatever gift that you have been given by God, the aim is to make sure the gospel is preached, and the gospel is communicated one way or the other. Even Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, the Bible says that, the Bible says that they received power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be able to become witnesses. So, the gospel is not done, the power of the Holy Spirit is not coming upon you for yourself. It's so that you can witness about Jesus to people. Somebody told me one day, somebody asked me, he said, How do you know the Pentecost service has happened? Somebody said, oh, Yeah, when the Holy Spirit descends, when people go in, in trance. I said, that was an introduction of Pentecost, but Pentecost never ended until 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. So if you do Pentecost service 
and nobody has given their life to Christ under that service, you just tag it Pentecost. It is not Pentecost. Read your Bible. Acts. After Pentecost, what happened? People gave their life to Christ. So if after Pentecost, people are still living in their sin, you have not done Pentecost. Does this make sense to us? God help us in Jesus' name. Let me give you one. Let me just say one thing to us as we go. It says, um, I'm just going to read. Okay, let's just read um, Luke chapter 10, verse 9. It says, He told them, Heal the sick, those, um, heal, heal the sick who are, who are there, and tell them. So when you heal them, you tell them that the kingdom of God is near you. What does that mean? When you see signs and wonders, prophecies, any kind of dimension, the only thing it is telling you is to show you that God, the kingdom of God is near. You need to give your life to Christ. So after, if I now heal everybody here, and afterwards, nobody has heard about the gospel, what has happened? That is why miracles are called signs. What is signs? It points at something. So when you now go to bus stop and they say, this sign says there is a bus stop here, and you get there, and somebody never tells you what the time of the bus is, that sign has lost its value. Does this make sense? That is why the gospel is at the crux of everything. So if I now, I now you know, I have, I have a servant of God who's, who's, who's a friend of mine. He does broadcast online. When he's doing his live broadcast, he would have, he was complaining to me, and I, and, and, and that would bring me to the last scripture I'm going to deal with. He, he was complaining, he was, you know, and I could feel his concern. When he's doing his live stream, he's a prophet. God has really blessed him. He would, he can see up to 200 views at a time, at the time, you know, by the time you, the broadcast finished, you can even go to, you know, give it a day. You can see people who will replay it, go to a thousand, a thousand five, five thousand views and things like that. But each time he preaches the gospel, he talks about the gospel, the view begins to go down. The day he says 21 days prayer, and he does it, he will fast for that one days. And online, he will be telling you prophecies. But, you know, and people will be coming back to testify. And the other day he was when he said, but by you, he said, I said, I know, I am just, it is just a sign they are not entering the bus. But he said, but when I tell them this is the bus, you begin to see my views go down. So, it's, and I'm telling you the fear of most men and the people of God. Now, it's not saying, well, I, need to, I need to push to this angle so that people can, I said, if you push there, the problem is you're only showing them a sign. They are not entering us.
you know, this guy has, you know, he doesn't need to see you online. You pretend there's a woman here, this, that, 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 this woman, you're wearing this, you're wearing that. He will give accurate, and I'm talking about someone who's, who's, who's so blessed of God. But, you know, there was one day he was reading the Bible also, and he got to that point, and he called me and said, Daniel, ah. he said, this is difficult. He said, because well, people will not, ah, people will not want that. And what I'm trying to say is this, you know, Let's just read um, this scripture. For, let's just read the message, First Corinthians chapter twenty-two, chapter one, sorry, twenty-two, twenty-five. The Bible says, "Now Paul was caught up within two sectors of the church." So Paul said, while the Jews clamor for the miraculous demonstration, you can imagine those categories in the body of Christ. And the Greeks are looking for philosophical wisdom. So you can see even the body of Christ, you have some people that you know, they, it, is, it, is, it is Greek, da, 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 and you have the other one who don't know Greek at all, but it's just ah, I don't know, things like that. So Paul is saying, I have those two extremes. Now he says, we go right on to proclaim Christ. So I ignore all of that to proclaim Christ crucified. The Jews treat this like anti-miracle. What, what are they talking about? I have, I have big issues in my life. All, all we just did today is just talk. So he said, the Jews treat it like anti-miracle. The Greek pass it on as absurd. But to us, who are personally called by God himself, let's go, both to the Jews and the Greek, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom wrapped up into one. That is why at times I am not against it. Please don't get me wrong, just terrified that. I'm not against it. But at times people will say, ah, Pastor doesn't preach about certain things. There's some, um, there's some getting my husband now service that we should be doing and things like that and as God has helped us people are getting husbands people are getting jobs people are getting papers without me necessarily creating a service for it why? because the gospel wraps up the two into one does this make sense to us? When the gospel is being preached, you will see people get healed in that service. I do not necessarily have to create the healing service. At times here, and God has been faithful to us, we will be preaching, my life will be me. And people will go in trance. Why does her mom is going? 
we did not do a special service for that. Because the gospel wraps up the two together. You would see where the gospel is being preached. Somebody who has no womb would develop a womb under that ministry. Why? Because the gospel wraps up everything together. But the danger is if Paul moves to the other hand and Paul can do it because he's anointed and give everybody money and nothing is done. I'll say it to us, it's not even, no, God is opening up careers for people within the church. I am yet, see there was a time when, I am not against the thing everyone, and I do teach it. But somewhere, you know, I was at the beta and I know, Pastor, you need to teach about, about giving. You need to teach about tithes. I can teach it, don't get me wrong, but I did, deliberately did not focus on it. <laughs> because once the gospel is preached, it does things yourself. I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, you can teach to enlighten people, teach them from scriptures. But you don't, you know, some people say that my ministry is to is to is to call people to to be to raise money. Which ministry is that? See, if you are a gospel musician, you have only one ministry to preach the gospel. If you preach the gospel, if your more music presents the gospel, healing will happen in that place. But if I'm, I'm trying to, because the talent, you can see the, the, the struggle that Paul also had in his own days. That I can abandon the simplicity of the gospel and give you the additions. But by the way, he said something which was quite scary. And I will handle that. Is that Barbara said it was, it was, you know, if you know about Barbara, you've got to be there somehow. doesn't normally come to the podium, he stays in his chancel. Praying, seeking the face of God. Most of the time, at times you might see him come and help Then, when you know about the is coming, or when he's around, when he was about to, you see Kulia Jai come on the podium to come and minister. And when you know redemption comes, about three million people at that time. And God told him, He said, If I come tonight, you cannot see 30,000 people who would, who would follow me together. And we that three million people that was. And I came to the podium. He did not want to come to the podium. Why? Because of what Paul said. My, my race then is in vain. Were people not healed? Yes, they were healed. But until the gospel is presented to people, I said, my senior pastors alone, they're over 30,000. <laughs> so, that was one of the first days I saw my baby preaching almost in tears. 
Because if you are truly a servant of God, you will weep and say, of what benefit is everything? Obadari had the same revelation also. Apparently, he had a revelation and he saw God, he saw his house in heaven, he was seen at window level. And he said, God, what is going on? I've been preaching all this while, people are getting healed. This is God said, yes, people are getting healed. People are coming in, people are being delivered, and things like that. But you never have preached the gospel to them. This is the equivalent of people that you have preached the gospel to. Every other one, you just, you just brought them close to the gates of heaven. You never told them this is how to enter. But once we begin, so what am I trying to present to you is to develop your confidence in the gospel. But to develop, you must know what the gospel is. What, what I've said now about the gospel that you've read, people say, is that all? That is it. But the problem is that you're not trying to look for more. You now abandon the basics. And you are now, you know, God help us in Jesus' name. So as we go on, let's read by God's grace, we'll talk about the authority we have as Christians, as we move into the altar prayer. God help us in Jesus' name. Let's rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.